With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Uh, quick question for you, Josh. What's going to work better for you? Is it going to be better if I leave halfway through the podcast, or should I just show up <laughs> halfway through the podcast? Either way, it's going to be a one pointer. My God, what happened this game week? Uh, let me tell you a story. So. Um, mm-hmm. After the Liverpool match, I had Salah, thank God. We'll get to you in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, you miss out on doubling that haul. You're feeling a little a little down. And then right. uh, watch the first half of the midday fixtures, and I've got Mitro and Lacazette captain playing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pretty quiet. I decide, hey, wife, I'm going to pop out, get a bagel. As I'm standing in line waiting for the bagel, um, I, uh, I was tempted uh, at one point to just step out of line and go to the Brooklyn Bridge and jump off of the Brooklyn <laughs> Bridge. It was at the, the moment at which I saw that uh, both Lacazette and Mitro were coming off at halftime. Uh, two-thirds of my front line. Yeah, sickening absolutely feeling. sickening. We have yeah. so many sickening stories from this game week, the best of which we uh, will save for the rants section. But also on the other side of the, the coin, amazing scores. Just one of those yeah. weeks where it's just the highs and lows of FPL. It was a weird week. I mean, I had a great week, and I'm I still had some awful moments. I mean, you know, going into that that Wolves Newcastle match yesterday, you know, my my new trend. I was feeling so smug about bringing in Callum Wilson or about bringing in Jimenez over Wilson, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, Jimenez gets benched, blows a huge chance in that game. Kennedy doesn't play um, until like the last minute. Although 
Um, I don't know if you listened to Second Captain State, Brandon, but they had a pretty funny thing. Uh, I did. About, uh, Ken yeah. Early really ripped into Kennedy's <laughs> defense on that that Darty goal. It ripped into him so much that I'm like, man, is Kennedy like not going to start going forward? <laughs> like they had to drop him for this Huddersfield match. Don't so, you feel like this yeah. happens every week though? Some some player, some fringe player in the Premier League makes some career suicidal move, and they end up <laughs> starting the next week because these managers like Benitez. It's not like he has a boatload of options there on the bench. Right. Give him a stern talking to at, at training the following day, and and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I know. I Ex- know. Yeah, these guys, they're all 22 years old, right? So you know it's, yeah. it's going to happen. So Brandon, yeah, haven't, we saw. Haven't you just stopped running at some point in your life? I know I have. I have. Yeah, there are a lot of scary things this weekend, Brandon. Was there anything scarier though than Nicholas Cage's performance in Mandy? Which uh, <laughs> yeah. it, a truly remarkable movie, Mandy, uh, one of the greatest psychedelic movies I've seen in a long time. It was amazing. It was really I, we we give it our our highest recommendation, Brandon. Uh, ten bull, ten bags of popcorn. Follow, fo- followed by pop, 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 followed by <laughs> chips, uh, which we'd probably give our lowest recommendation. Zero. To. Let's give it one bag of popcorn. <laughs> Uh, for very, and one of those, uh, one of those little motorcycle, a toy motorcycle for <laughs> to drive around. So yeah, very strange week. Uh, it was okay. So it, it, the topic for today's episode, which we're going to get to in a moment, is you know basically how do you fit, how do you fit as many massive, very expensive, highly performing players in your team as possible, and then once you do, how do you figure out? who to captain right this is like this has now become sort of the dominant it's, it's actually great because you know i mean it, okay it's great this week for me it didn't work out for me at midweek it didn't work out for me the week before but you know yeah. we have the, we have these 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 moments now where every game week you've got three four up to five captain options maybe six yeah. right i mean maybe lacazette has yeah. has stopped being a captain option but certainly going into this weekend you know he was a valid a valid option so you really don't know what's going to happen. And you have these crazy yeah. swings, you know, these, you have, you know, players, you know, teams outscoring other teams by 25, 30 points. And I love it. Like, I think it's, you know, it's, it, it, it like injects like a ton of randomness into the game, which some people mm-hmm. really don't like. And I can understand that, but I think it, it doesn't, makes for it doesn't make you feel safe. It doesn't make you feel safe. Yeah. It, does <laughs> it not. doesn't make you feel safe. Andy, let's talk. FPL was making a point on, uh, Twitter about how there is no solidified template at this point in the season, at least in the top 100k, and it's wild. I, I, I'm I'm trying to remember a season in recent memory where where there wasn't this wild shredding of the template. Right. I mean, you could look at yeah. I mean, you could look across the game, and okay, maybe there's like a pool of 50 players or something like that. But if you looked across the entire game, is there one player that is a consensus must have right now? Like maybe it's outside of Matt Doherty. There's nobody, right? Uh-huh. It's like he's like he's the one player. Yeah, I feel like Raheem Sterling's name gets talked about in all of the uh, the closed rooms of FPL Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, but e- even still, not everyone has him, and not not many of the high performing managers you just look at the last two weeks have him. So yeah. while he is up there, he's not done anyone a bit of good in the last two weeks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I don't have him right now. And I, 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 my goal, not my goal, but my, my, I'm not immediately planning to bring him in, you know, even though I really want him for this, this Everton fixture. Um, yeah. So it's, I think it's great though. I think it adds a lot of fun, you know, and it just keeps things really, um, it, it forces you to be very engaged. And I feel like in the last couple of years, maybe you could kind of set and forget things a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. You know, almost everyone had five or six of the same players. It's a lot more like American style or like, it's more like a draft league, you know, like a, um, yes. where you, everything is just all over the place. And some people can have huge game weeks and other people just get hit. You know, the thing about a draft league, though, is, you know, it's it's head to head. So any one game week doesn't matter. You, know, you can beat somebody by 40 points. Yeah. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Uh, but in a like a, you know whatever they call the style of league, like a standard league where it's just like, you know, cumulative points, uh, those 30, 40 points can make a huge difference. Um, I guess you just have to hope you're on the right side of it more often than not. I mean, you know, game week 15, which we're not really going to talk about because it's, you know, it's sort of already in the rear view mirror, but you know, the midweek fixtures, um, I, I was knocked back like 20, 30 points in our mini league, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, you know, got all of them back, um, at the weekend. Um, so you kind of take a long view right now, I think. And, and just accept that like things are going to be kind of swingy and like you can't make too much of any one game week. Yeah, no, exactly. Keep calm, carry on. All right, so let's get to <laughs> our our own personal game weeks. I'll start. Uh, I had mm-hmm. a tough one. Uh, ended up on 52 points, which is three, befo- three below the game week average of 55. I played two free transfers this week. One was... Um, I thought about Rogue. I went Mitro when the crowd was urging Wilson uh, mm-hmm. to replace uh, the injured Anatovich. Um, I just didn't like that. It was it was a psychological thing, and I didn't want to bring Wilson in for that Liverpool fixture, which I just thought was, even though we saw uh, Wilson against Man City, perhaps this guy is in such great form. He's fixture-proof. just didn't feel good, and I decided to um, just – go a little bit uh, zig instead of zag and went Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we know how that turned out. And the other one was dropping Martial, who was struggling with the tight hamstring. Ultimately, I waited until the reports came out that he didn't travel with the team or he wasn't in the hotel prior to the match days. Uh, so I went David Silva. Ultimately, well, hindsight, I think David Silva was kind of a conservative pick. I was talking to you post-watching Mandy. You were sort of quizzing me about how I felt about Richarlison or uh, Felipe Anderson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these these guys um, probably would have given me a little more assurity and starts. And I, I mean, I don't know. It, it was just ended up being a bad pick for the game week. But mm-hmm. it was all to plan. It was a one-week punt because I ultimately wanted Sané. And mm-hmm. this is now the question that I have to answer going into the weekend is I, I have the funds to turn David Silva or, or uh, David Silva into Sané. Right. But now David. We're, yeah. David, we're, we have all these questions about how to best fill that spot. Richarlison looked great yeah. today. Felipe Anderson continues to impress. Could even go on. more budget yep. Yeah, with uh, yep. somebody like Snodgrass, who we were kind of blowing off a couple weeks ago and, and – uh, or eating our words now. So um, really the only stars of my team were Sala on a vice captaincy and Andy Robertson, another great game week for him. Doherty coming through with the late goal, but putting the armband on Lacazette, uh, this is, he had a know, goal. To, to, he, he had a goal on his yeah. boot, you know, and yeah. it was wrongly chalked off for offside. So, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you can't be too results oriented with this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it is true. The The hard thing with Lacazette, going back to the psychological aspect of the game, is it's two weeks in a row in which he doesn't play even 60 minutes. He he ends up getting an own goal because he was just completely laid out uh, midweek. 
mm-hmm. even though I do get attacking returns here. Then he gets pulled off at halftime, a wrongfully disallowed goal. It's just it, it's killing me when, when <laughs> yeah. like this is my premium striker spot. And um, right. I, I think I'm definitely considering moving him to Harry Kane for through burning four or eight for the the weekend. Yeah, so if you did if you did uh Silva to Felipe Anderson or Richarlison, could you could you move um could you like could you, like who could you bring in for that? Could you could you yeah, move it to I'd, No, I'd be I'd be short of Felipe Anderson, so I'd have to go I think 6.3 to 6.4 mm. would be my threshold. Okay. So to get Kane uh really with Snodgrass solution yeah, and I don't like the looks of a Sterling Salah Snodgrass <laughs> midfield. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's not terrible. So I, I, I just I'm gonna have to give a lot of thought. The triple S. We'll, yeah, we'll look at the uh, Champions League lineups and see how they look. But I could do a minus eight and turn Andy Robertson into Trent Alexander Arnold. Okay, and um, I mean. Obviously, he he got a rest, as you acutely know, Josh, this weekend. But there's yes. no one else with Gomez out. There's not a lot of rotation threat there. And Trent's coming off of a rest. You feel like he's probably solid as much as any player could be for the festive fixtures. Yeah. Is it worth a minus four to turn one of the best defenders in FPL and Andy Robertson into a make weight? Uh, in Trent? No, but, I think the answer is it's obviously not. Um, I, I don't like that move. Uh, if, yeah. if, if if this was the always cheating advice shot, Brandon, I would be strongly telling you not to, <laughs> not to make that move. Um, yeah. All right. So so that's my team. Uh, it's the, it's my first week, my first game week since game week ten, where I'm where I dropped out of the top ten k overall. So I'm a, around fifteen thousand right now. Pretty disappointing, but I remain in a strong position. Yeah. Nothing heading wrong into with the holidays. Fi- yeah. Fifteen yeah. k is extremely good. I mean, you know. Obviously. Yeah. 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 So how'd your week? Did, how'd your week go? Uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, it was, um, okay. So I was thinking about, so I was debating between, uh, Salah and Aubameyang a lot the last couple of days. I actually decided to go with Salah mostly because, um, I thought when Salah came on in the, um, the very end of the Burnley match, I thought he was incredibly active and aggressive. And I just, it was like a real eye test moment where I was like, man, I was like, I think he's like back into form. Um, mm-hmm. and I said, I just have no faith in the Bournemouth defense at all. So Went back and forth. I ultimately decided to do it. There was that kind of fear of like, do you want to captain a player in the early morning fixture? And I had, I had a thought as I was watching this morning, Brandon, about how we maybe we view this a little too negatively because the flip side is if you captain a player in the morning fixture and they do really well, you don't worry about anything the rest of the weekend. <laughs> it's uh-huh. amazing. You get to watch three days of football and it's like, who cares? You know, it's like I get, you got 42 <laughs> points from you're like, you know, I had a bunch of, I, 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 I finished on 77 points. I have one pointers all over my team. I have one, two, yeah. three, four, f- I have five different one pointers on my team and Fabianski, Kennedy, Jimenez, Kane, and, uh, and Wambasaka. Um, and it still worked out fine, you know? And so, so I had Salah, the bombing thing was, and even the way that the, the players I didn't captain didn't do well, it was, it was, it was kind of okay. You know, it was one of those situations where getting the one pointer with Kane from was kind of fine because he was so heavily captained by, you know, like oh, so it, many of the, it only the serves to help your overall rank at that point. Exactly. Exactly. So I was willing to take the one point, the one pointer there. And so, you know, moving along, things kind of like as the day went on, it, like the, the next couple of days, it was getting a little frustrating because, you know, one point from Kane 
uh, one point from Jimenez. Uh, the 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 late Doherty goal was was fantastic. Obviously, yeah, uh, a great yeah. a, a great moment. Um, I was actually at a birthday party with my with my kid, but I was <laughs> tracking it very closely on my phone. It was pretty, pretty uh-huh. exciting. And uh, I hope you told every uh, mother and father uh, there at no. the party what had just happened. Yeah, I know. Of course, you can't. You know, it's it's such a shame in America. You can't say anything. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> um, so then I'm watching I'm watching the Everton game. Why today. do they treat us like this, Josh? We're not freaks. We're not animals. <laughs> Yeah, we're real so people. I'm watching the Everton game today, and um, so I, you know, I don't have Richarlison. He scores like right off the bat, and I'm sure, much like you, who also don't don't have Richarlison, you're like, oh my god, is this like, yeah, is this, yeah, is he just gonna, yeah, is it gonna be a hat trick? Like, like you mm-hmm. know, totally, you just anything's on the table, right? After an early goal like that, because um, you know, you know, you know, the team's gonna get stretched. So, um, but then you know, Everton's holding on; they're keeping their clean sheet. I have Lucas Dean. And I'm like, all right, as long as Lucas Dean keeps the clean sheet, I'm, I'm feeling okay, you know? Yeah. Um, so then uh, we get the Coleman own goal. Um, and what's amazing is I actually really debated between Coleman and Dean too. So I would really be kicking myself today uh, if I hadn't gone with Dean. Um, so uh, so I get the Col- Coleman own goal, then they, another goal. And I'm like, man, it's like another sixth one-pointer in my team. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, because there's six minutes of extra time because there was so much uh, time wasting on Watford's part. Um he, you know, handball. And then there's this amazing moment where Dean Richarlison and one other player, maybe I think it was Sigurdsson are all standing over the ball. And I'm like, I'm like looking at my phone. I'm at work. I'm like in a conference room. Like just, I, was like, I want to see the last couple minutes. So, um, they're like all standing over the ball and I can see like Dean, like yelling at Richarlison. Like, I think Richarlison really wanted to take it. And I'm like, I think Dean's going to take this. Uh, and then, you know, Ball goes in. You, I, I was. It was the most exciting moment of the entire season for me. Like even more exciting than the Salah hat trick. It was just. It was like because I got the six points for the goal and then the three bonus points, and it's like nine points in the last minute of the last fixture. And I don't mean to rub it in for people who had a bad week because I know a lot of people did, but damn, that's exciting. With that, it was like exactly why you play <laughs> fantasy. You know, it was like exactly uh-huh. why you play fantasy in that one moment where you're just like. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't have any control, you know, and often it doesn't go the way you want it to. And then every now and then it does. And it's like perfect. And it's like, you know, and so it was just like, oh, it was just such a great, like, it was such a, it was like the kind of high that I'm going to like try to like hold on to when I have like several bad game weeks over the, <laughs> over the next several weeks, yes. you know, it's like, remember <laughs> that moment. Like, remember how fun that was when you start to think about how it's all like a crapshoot and random and so anyway, remember, so, remember that moment where you held your baby for the very first time, <laughs> and also remember that moment when Lucas, Lucas Dean Deed's uh, drew drew level with Watford on a on a Monday while you're sitting in a conference room. I love interestingly it. That enough, is, that Brandon, is fantasy. On the day my daughter was born, Romelu Lukaku scored on a free kick for Everton. So how's what? That? Funny. what? <laughs> oh, special shout out. Speaking speaking of birthdays, special shout out to uh, uh, Raheem Sterling for not doing anything on his birthday and breaking the the hoodoo of of scoring a goal on your birthday. Yeah, so thanks true. for nothing, Raheem. Yeah, the always cheating theory. So anyway, I moved from 56,000. Uh, I've been, been slipping like further. I was, I, I, I'd been up to 13.4. That was my high. Um, slipped all the way down to 56,000 after three red arrows. And now I'm back up to 32,000. So, um, so 32K, perfectly good spot to be going into these next few fixtures. So um, Brandon, that's enough about us though. Uh, we have the always cheating Super League to talk about. 
My God, there's been some movement in the Super League, which it's never too late to join. Just go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab, League Codes all over our social media. Starting at number 10, it's Dan Rumford. Welcome to the big time, Dan. At number 9, Carl Carlston Zureb. In 8th place, Matthew Shannon. 7th place, Luca Elliott. 6th place, Oyvind Malman. And, and by the way, Josh, starting 6th place up to 1st place, these gentlemen are all in the top 100 in the world. So uh, <laughs> so shout out to everyone here. In uh, 5th place, Marin Volatek. 4th place, Steve Cool, who I posited that Steve Cool must be American. But <laughs> Spanish, uh, according to his FPL uh, page, he's from Spain. 3rd place, uh, the legend that is Fabio Borges. Dropping mm-hmm. down to second place, it's Miroslav Pujic. And a new number one, Jason Mann, two girls, one clop, who is rated 17 overall in the world. Well done, Jason. You're number one this week. Yeah, Brandon, we had someone fall out of the top 10 who we're going to get to in a second. So uh, we'll, let's, let's, we'll table that for one second. Um, Patreon thank yous, though, Brandon. We have a new producer patron. Brandon, mm. welcome to Big Gaffer. Thank Welcome you. to Big Gaffer. You're Big the man. Uh, we have a new, yeah, thank you. Uh, we have a new Surlap patron. Uh, that's Joe Gleason. Thank you to Joe. Um, he's that Joe guy on Twitter. I've been talking to him for a long time. Um, a new, uh, Emba, two new Emba County patrons. We have Ben Gowland and Richard Hedberg. Uh, and just as a reminder, this is always cheating pledge month. Uh, we don't we don't like to push the uh, the Patreon too hard most of the time, but uh, in December, if you um, if you're so inclined, if you're feeling the, uh, the the Christmas spirit or the the Hanukkah spirit, whatever whatever spirit you may be feeling, um, you know, if you want to uh, support the podcast, just the harvest spirit, Josh. <laughs> you can go to alwayscheating.com or uh, excuse me, Patreon.com/slash alwayscheating, uh, and you can uh, there's multiple pledge levels there. You also get a discount for the Always Cheating Shop. Um, anyone who uh, supports or supports the podcast between now and the end of December um, get 10% off the shop. We've got mugs and, and T-shirts and sweatshirts and, and other stuff there too. So go and check that out. Actually, I think it's just those three things. Uh, but go yeah. uh, go to the Always <laughs> Cheating shop and uh, and check those out. Um, but yeah, patreon.com slash Always Cheating. The one other perk that we're pushing right now on Patreon is our Starting 11 Retro Kick Contest, which started fresh this past game week for December every month. With our friends at Starting Eleven, we're giving away a free retro kit from 3retro.com. Uh, so you automatically get entered into that as part of your Patreon membership. Um, and Brandon, uh, yeah, there's lots of other stuff too. You can you can uh, do shout outs. You can pick a topic for the podcast. Uh, lots of other cool stuff. So patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, Brandon, we have a rant this week. The rant, we're, there's, there's a lot of people who are ranting. We decided to pick just one because it's uh, – it's a sad rant, Brandon. It's it's an epic rant. Um, why don't you why don't you tell us about it? All right, lots of you know Guy Guy Winaldum Leviosa. He has been tearing up FPL this season. Uh, spent at least four weeks in the top ten overall in the world. Number one week in week out in the always cheating Super League, Just having a phenomenal season. Guy is also a Patreon supporter of the podcast, and he reached out to us on our Slack with this story about what, what he's been up to. So he just wanted to give us a heads up. And uh, last last game week, his team was suffering from multiple injuries. He had Arnie, Martial, Robertson was looking like a bit of a doubt. Um and he had some rotation risks with Son and David Luiz. So a guy, because he was having such an amazing season, had held on to his wild card. No need to play it. Why? Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But heading into this week, this game week, these concerns in mind, he decides to play his wild card. So guy's telling us about how he did his, 
I guess you'd call it, this would qualify as due diligence, right, Josh? He's talking about running scripts. Um, mm-hmm. uh, look, uh, I mean, who knows how to run scripts? You have to be like a computer <laughs> programmer. He had multiple spreadsheets. He was looking at all the underlying stats, also trusting the eye test. He was feeling uh, certain rate my teams out on Twitter. He's like doing all of his homework. He didn't want to leave anything to risk. Ultimately, he ends up picking a wild card side that I think if you'd recommend – uh, if you're way up there competing for the number one spot in the world, maybe you want to go a little more template, a little more conservative, mm-hmm. um, you sure. know, with, with with some exceptions on the margins. Mm-hmm. The end result for a guy is this. Before he wildcarded, his team in game week 15 would have scored 103 points. That's Salah on captain, Son, Robertson, David Luiz, Richarlison, Hazard. Definitely would have been in the top five overall, as hard as it is to, to creep up those spots. Yep. His wild card team ends up scoring 32 points. So this is a swing of 71, 71 points. points. So he drops out of the top 500 uh, in an instant, just like that. He's out of the top 500. He's more than 100 points back from number one in the league now. I mean, you could argue that it's still possible for Guy to creep back into that top 10, but... Mm-hmm. It's going to be really tough for him. And it it's just, it's sickening. It's the word that is appropriate here is savage. <laughs> FPL can be a savagely brutal game. Yeah. So guy, guy, thank you for allowing us to share this heartbreaking story. Um, and yes. I mean, just let it be a beacon to all of us uh, that, that things could be worse. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's still, I think he's 655 in the world now. So I would, if I trade, were 655 in yeah. the world, yeah. I would also I would trade thirty two thousand the world for six fifty five. I won't I won't lie to you, Brandon. Um, yeah, but obviously that's uh, you know given where he was, that's that's completely completely brutal. But you know it's it's interesting because we talked about the the curse of two transfers on an earlier podcast about how sometimes when like at least for me personally when I have two transfers I can't it's hard for me not to t- like over tinker you know and not just make yeah. like us. You know, but um, yeah, the curse of the wild card. I feel like we've seen this a lot. There's a lot of top managers who have been held under the wild card for a long time, and it's they've been like sort of going through these bad game weeks for weeks and weeks while they sort of hold on to the wild card. And I I wonder if you know there is there's something to be said for an earlier wild card. I, I think I feel like it's hurt a lot of a lot of really top managers this season. So I, I think there there sh- I I hope maybe I'm going to put out the call to all the statisticians out there, Peter Blake, if you're listening. Um, it's, I, I don't want to see like individual performance stats or positional performance stats. What, what are the average points in every season in which things seem most stable in terms mm-hmm. of, um, of player performance? Like when is, because I feel like the, what we're learning is the best time to wildcard is wildcarding into a time of stability, a time of peace. Because right yep. now, I, I feel, as we're about to talk about in the in the meat of this podcast, is there are so many shifting sands and so many premium assets that are up for grabs and and performing differently week to week. Yep, yeah, it's uh, maybe maybe that's always true. I don't know, but it does it does seem like there was a, a, a strong stretch there from maybe games game week eight to 14 or so where it felt like things were pretty stable, you know. And so maybe yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty and all that all those cliches, but um, yeah, it does seem like this is a really risky time to wildcard. I mean, you look at every single move he made and all of them are, are defensible, of course. Right. Sure. I mean, you know, especially, you know, it's so frustrating this season with all these, 
unreported injuries. It feels like this is like a huge theme this year. It's like just people who are injured who nobody knows are injured. I feel like we talked about this on several pods already, right? I mean, as far as I know, there was absolutely no indication that Callum Wilson was injured except maybe like 15 minutes before the game or something, right? Like I think someone yep. on one of our UK listeners was like, oh, yeah, on Sky Sports, Jamie Carragher mentioned he didn't travel with the team or something like that. You know, or yep. I don't know, wasn't the team bus or something. But like in general, like it's, it's you know, there's just a lot of stuff that we're not, that we don't know about. I mean, I, Trent Alexander-Arnold not starting this weekend was a bit of a shocker, right? So Yeah, yeah well, you, know, you look at yeah. these players that Guy points out, Trent is rotated. He'll be back. Sigurdsson, right. you can easily move Sigurdsson to Felipe Anderson or Richarlison if you're not feeling yeah. good about him. That's also Kane, just bad luck. I mean, Ben Foster very bad. Yeah. doesn't make mm-hmm. a great save. That you know, He might be on a, a 10-pointer today. Yep, yep. Uh, Kane, I wish I had Kane. Uh, Jimenez, that's just a rotation. Wilson, injury very soft. Looks like he'll probably be back for the weekend. Sonny yeah. and Sterling, I think we all... Uh, blank's going to blank. So it's just, it's just <laughs> some really dumb, dumb luck. Yep. All right, Brandon, let's get let's take a quick break and let's get right into today's topic, which is uh, how do we fit everybody in? All right, Brandon, we're back. We're keeping it nice and easy for this week's podcast. Uh, we've got one topic and then we're going to do a lightning round and then we're going to look at uh, next the next game week. So um, it's easy. I'm sure this question you're about to ask is a simple answer, right? Take us three minutes to answer, two <laughs> minutes for the lightning round. We'll be out of here in about five minutes. Okay. Uh, so, so actually, you can probably just do it yourself uh, if you want to just uh, yeah, take a take a back seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just sub you. We'll sub you out right. Uh, we'll you're on. You're on for five yellow cards right now. So we'll just uh, put you on the bench and save you for yeah, next podcast. It's like uh, it's like uh, the uh, it's like the um, rogue rogue one right where you've just got old clips of me that you can just sub in like Princess Leia. You know, just like <laughs> just throw well, me. Don't, in. don't worry, Josh. We'll make you look much younger. <laughs> So uh, Vidal Ritchie, uh, this is uh, – Vidal Ritchie is setting the table for this week's topic. He says, Aubameyang, Kane, Salah, Hazard, Sterling. It appears all five of these are great options, but we can probably only afford three maximum. It says, which three for the next five to six game weeks? Brandon, I have two questions for you, okay? Okay, lay it on me, yeah. Okay, the first question is, Aubameyang, Kane, Salah, Hazard, Sterling. Do you agree that those are the five um, – heavy hitters right now i know that i know that felipe anderson and richarlison are kind of in the the bracket below them but in terms of the kind of expensive consistent you know options yep. are those are those yep. the, are those the five is there anybody missing from that list uh i really don't think there are yeah as you mentioned there are some some great fpl assets that are hanging around but these are the guys that you're going they cost so much you're gonna have to build around them so i would right. agree with the premise of vinyl richie's question yeah. Uh, I guess my second question – no, there's no I guess about it. My second question, Brandon don't – be, don't be shy, Josh. Just ask the question. Uh, my second question is uh, can you fit more than those three into your team? Can, or can you fit Can you fit four or even five? Could you have a team with Sterling, yeah. Hazard, Salah, Kane, and Aubameyang? Would that work? Could you wild card into that team? I think this uh, Game Week 15 is a good example of why I would – I would think it doesn't work because mm-hmm. you will have weeks in which none of these guys perform. I mean, right. I guess, well, well Sala is, is uh, Sala actually did perform this week, but there could be a week in which none of these guys perform. If you have all five of them, they're all surrounded by absolute losers. Right. Uh, well, I mean, all, all, you would, all you would have needed, all you would have needed to do was captain Kane instead of Sala. 
right? You know, yes, for, for, for to be on 22 plus yeah. one from Kane, two from Sterling, five from Obama. Yeah. You know, so well, what I'm saying there is in order to manage your risk, I think you have to have room in your team for the guys that we were trying to sow into this question. Mm-hmm. The Felipe Andersons, Richarlison's, uh, um, Sigurdsson on a different day. Um, sort of the the sub premium assets that will be there when you need them. Yeah, you're Lucas Deans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're Lucas Deans. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean I, you, but like if you had five, if you had those five players, you couldn't have someone like Lucas Dean, right? Lucas Dean is like my fourth defender, right? He's just like he's four point nine million, right? Yeah. If you have a team with five heavy hitters, you can't have five million fourth defenders. You know, you don't have the money. Yeah. For okay, it. so I, I guess then to go back to your first question, we're we're leaving out somebody like Marcus Alonso or Andy Robertson, who have right. emerged as the two best performing defensive assets. You you do have alternatives like a cheaper Trent Alexander Arnold, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very good point. You have yeah. no space for um, flexibility with your goalkeeper. Your defense is yeah. is going to be dictated by just, just really cheap guys. Yeah, and then suddenly you're, you got a guy like Juan Bissaka starting for you all the time, and he's picking up you know one clean sheet surrounded by three blanks. You know, um, sort mm-hmm. of like I mean, Juan, he's already on yeah one two three four five six. Yeah, you know, he has six one pointers in the last ten games. You know, so you really don't want, you know, that, that's Not what happens. Like, you know, yeah. Or someone like Bennett, you know, like you, if you've got, you know, Bennett, your team, he's going to, he's going to miss fixtures every week. You're going to be sweating whether he starts. So anyway, okay. So, right. Okay. So we, we agree that you can probably only have three of these five. We agree that, yeah. um, you know, that it's, that those are probably the five key players. I would add Aguero, um, when he is back. I think that he yeah. is another, um, mm-hmm. for me, it's, I think it's a bombing or Aguero. I don't want to get too off like track here, but. I think if I have Aguero, I can sacrifice Aubameyang. I don't know why I don't trust Aubameyang still. Is that weird? Do you feel the same way? I mean, you don't have him I in do. your team at all, but it's like a weird yep. – for a guy who scored 10 goals, it's weird to be like, eh, I don't know. So, um, you know, just because we're talking about Aguero, um, let's uh, – Max Football says, if Aguero is fit this weekend, would you bring him in for Aubameyang or Kane? Do you have those so this is, th- this is my question. I feel like I am looking for a replacement, as I discussed earlier, for Lacazette. Um so that's it. You're, you and Lacazette are just just done already. You're like, you're out. I mean, well, what if it were you? It's like I, I still yeah, he'd see be out. I would I would yeah. Yeah. I would be I would probably burn four to take him out. Um, yep. And yep. I would probably I think I would probably just do Lacazette to Aubameyang, to be totally honest. I think that Aubameyang yeah. is a little more of a sure starter. They play Burnley and Fulham at home in two of the next five. It's. You know that 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 game week twenty one fixture for Aubameyang in particular, home to Fulham on, J- on New Year's Day. That is going to be and Southampton in game week seventeen, which is right. uh, a sensational fixture. Yeah. yeah um, though, I, because I'm looking to move Lacazette out, and I, I think if you're out there listening and you're in a similar position where you do not have Kane or Aubameyang, there is an opportunity here for you to get the early returns from Aguero as a differential. Right. Um, and that's that's a temptation. So I'm considering getting on board early with Aguero. But, you know, Pep, the uh, what do we call Pep's rotation? What is it? Lip sync? Lip sync. Yes. The, yep. the problem with lip sync is I will not get word one from Pep about Aguero's situation ahead of this game week. So it it's just such a huge gamble to bring Aguero in before you actually see him step yeah. onto the pitch. So it's just super risky. 
The fixtures for Man City are ridiculous. Then for the next four game weeks, they're almost too good in a way. You know, yeah. they, they play Everton, Crystal Palace at home in the next two. I, I mean, it could be like a completely different team in between those two. I mean, I, I don't want to get on like that sort of tired. You know how many Man City, but it was—it's just amazing how fat, how like fluid the template is right now. I mean, it feels like already after a week, we're not talking about having three Man City midfielders, right? It's like we're not. I feel like now we're talking about all right, maybe some combination of Sane and Felipe Anderson, and and maybe hold on to Salah now. You know, I mean, it's very—you know—I don't know. It, it feels like very up in the air. All these. So, so okay, let's try to like. Why don't we try to rank these? Maybe, maybe that's like one okay. way to look about it. Okay, okay. I mean, sure. I know that the, I know that they're all different prices, which which does sort of throw things off a little bit. Um, I will note, by the way, that do you know now know Brandon who the number one overall player is in terms of total points on the season? Yeah, so the Egyptian king, Mohamed Salah. That's right. He is five clear of Raheem Sterling. So for all of the like Sturm and Drang about how expensive Salah is, he is now. Number one overall, I mean, sure, he's still expensive, but man, it's it's not a bad season for him, right? I mean, 10 goals and five assists. It's not quite as good as last season, but it's it's pretty solid. So, all right, so if we're ranking these five, um, who goes first? Do you, do you put Sterling at the top of this list? I think I do. Um, I mean, watching Man City fall to Chelsea was a little bit like, you know, watching your, your dad get beat. Uh, at basketball or something like that. You're, so what so if you're going to add an at, at something or if you're just going to leave it at? You know, you just watching your heroes fail, your, your FPL mm-hmm. heroes fail. And uh, our resolve is, is waning a little bit. Um, but yeah. That, so all that said, I, I would agree that Sterling is – is number one here. He's just like in the best attack. He's uh, he just has the mo- this great free role within Man City, which I really love. And yeah, he's on it like much like Salah, who I think could be I would say as a close second. Um, has a pr- just one previous season to show that he can do it. What about, do you think that it's reasonable though to say that he is better with Aguero in the team? I mean, I, I do think that the Aguero injury hurts him a little bit. You know, I think that he is really he's he's just, he's like an absolute genius at floating into space that that the defenses forget about because they're focused on Aguero or you know or like some forward in the Man City attack, and then suddenly yeah. it's like you know um, Sane like floats across through. Aguero's got two defenders covering him and Sterling has like a, you know, an unmarked tap in, you know, at the, like at the far post. Like, I feel like we've seen that kind of goal, you know, 30 times over the last couple of seasons. And so, you know, obviously we saw the false nine thing not really work out for him. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think, is there any concern that he, his value is, even with these amazing fixtures coming up, is his value at all diminished by, by Aguero not, you know, being there to take some of the, attacking burden off of them yeah we did see them do it against Bournemouth that 3-1 victory over Bournemouth where where Sané and Sterling really did the business um and then he was rested against Watford so we don't know what we could say about how Sterling would perform without Aguero there and his first match playing the false nine was against Chelsea in 16 and that's Mm -hmm. really all we have to go on there and Chelsea just seemed to have their number on that particular day. Right. Heroic so defending. I, Great I, match. Yeah. I, I just don't know that we have enough information to emphatically say that that's a problem. I'd say it's mm-hmm. a concern, 
but it looks like Aguero, if he's not back for game week 17, that um, he'll be back soon. So I'm, I'm not looking to panic on Sterling and, and maybe we have to suffer through one more week of uncertainty in terms of how they'll line up and how Sterling will perform. But uh, yeah. he's still in that position for me. No, I, I think I would actually rank him the highest as well. Um, I mean, their fixtures over the holidays are, are, are you know, really nice and, and easy and they're actually fairly spaced out, you know. Um, and if you look, if you compare them to some of the other teams, they're actually, it's it's a little bit better, you know. Um, it's a mm-hmm. little more, um, and you know, including this Liverpool fixture in game week 21, which you, you assume he'll play for because that's like a possible, you know, title decider. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I do like him. Um, I like, um, I actually think Sané probably belongs in this discussion as well as just like a uh-huh. unbelievably important and, and like a player who's going to be very hard for, for Pep not to play him a lot, just given how he sort of fits in that team, you know, and yep. like how, like how yeah. important it is to have somebody on that left channel who can, who can cross the ball in. So, um, yeah, so, okay. So let's, let's, let's agree with, with Sterling at the top. Um, I think okay, it gets second, harder here. Yeah. It gets harder. Yeah. I, I'm debating between Kane and Salah right now. I don't know if those mm-hmm. are the two that you're debating between as well. Yeah, um, it it is tricky. I, I think it's Salah easy for me, just based on as you said that sub performance against um, against Burnley was yeah mm-hmm. Burnley and um, and his hat trick over the weekend. He, yeah. he those are two emphatic statements that that he's made, and if. We're going to see more of that even like every other week. He'll continue yeah. to cruise into the top spot FPL points wise and you have to have him. So he's he's number two with an eye on number one for me. And, and we've talked ad nauseum about how Kane has looked fatigued all season. And despite all that, he managed to return in five of the last six weeks. You know, not big double-digit hauls, save, uh, what was it, game week uh, 15 in which he had his double-digit haul. But yeah. um, I think it's kind of a miracle that we would, and I would rank Kane number three. I I don't see it super close between him and Salah right now. It's, it's interesting. No, I, I don't either, although, I mean, part of this might just be that the, the fixtures are so – like Kane got his rest finally, mm-hmm. right? He finally mm-hmm. got rested. Um, yep. And it's – now they – so now they play Barcelona, right? That was just, you know, the big reason why he was rested, obviously. They play him on Tuesday. Um, and uh, we'll actually – we'll know. Um, but you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, you, are, you may already know how that match went. Um, but, you know, assuming that he gets through that match unscathed, you've got Burnley, Bournemouth, and Wolverhampton at home in three of the next four. Uh, and you've got Everton away in uh, in game week 18, which isn't uh, – uh, that's a match I, I would expect them to win as well. So you've got – and then and then they've got Cardiff in game week 20. So you've got five great fixtures. There's not a single bad fixture in their next five, and he's already been rested, right? So if yeah. we assume that he is getting close to being sort of back to where he was and you know him scoring just a goal in open play with Erickson I thought was really encouraging. It was like, okay, fine. Like this guy can – like he can, it's not just penalties for him. Like he, yeah. he actually played reasonably well. He set up Sun for a, for a nice goal as well. And mm-hmm. he gave me 15. So I think, you know, it looks like he's back. I actually wonder if he played well enough that, that Potch felt like he could rest him, you know, just like, okay, like he's kind of re- rediscovered his form. We don't need, you know, like let's, let's like bottle that up, you know, like okay. we don't need to, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes yeah. I feel like, you know, players need to like, they need to have a good match, you know, sort of get their confidence back up a little bit. Yep. So, yeah. um, of the, yeah. of these guys, I feel like over the holidays, Kane is probably the most bankable, the least mm-hmm. explosive, but the most bankable, I would expect to see among the most consistent returns 
yeah. from Kane, which is like I'm really nervous not having him right now. And I this is a new feeling to me this season. Yeah. So well, it's, it's just tricky. looking at these fixtures. Yeah. I mean, so we talk about, you know, so I, I have um I have Sterling. So I have, I have Kane, I have Salah, and I have Aubameyang. I probably put Aubameyang fourth and Hazard fifth. I don't know if you feel the same there. If, just to finish yep, our ranking I would. quickly. Totally. Yep. Yeah, totally. Right. So I have two, three, and four, and I don't have one, <laughs> you know, of this of this ranking of five. And, you know, uh, James Quirrell says, you know, talking about these heavy hitters, is, it says, is it just a case of picking your horses and hiding behind the sofa more often than ever before? Now, Brandon, you and I both, not, neither of us like the sofa thing, right? Like, we wish that would go yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> can gonna, we, can we move James on some... to a different piece of furniture? <laughs> yeah. The, the... <laughs> And also, all these sofas are are. What house do you walk into where the sofa isn't pressed up against a wall? <laughs> if you're getting if you're getting behind a sofa, you're rearranging your whole living room. Everyone yeah. you live with is going to be really this upset be, with you. This could be the living in New York thing, Brandon. Here, I think in the I think <laughs> when people have homes, sometimes the sofa. Anyway, but some of the people have multiple sofas, Brandon. If you can if you can believe yeah. that. So I, I want my my yeah. new hiding behind the sofa is um just go going and standing in the backyard. Or the garden, as you call yeah. it elsewhere. I like to, uh, if I'm really nervous, I like to watch a match on my phone instead of mm-hmm. on uh, a TV or computer. I find that uh-huh. the phone gives me some emotional distance. And <laughs> I can sort of, I can flip the phone over if I'm getting nervous or if I'm upset. Uh, it's yep. really, this is, it's pathetic. I mean, I'm like, I'm in my mid thirties. Like I should not yeah. be doing this anymore. But yeah, that's, yeah. that, that kind of works best for me. Um, so to James's is, is point, that, though, yeah, I, I, I do think that I do think it is the case where, we, as we establish, we can't have them all. So there right. will be numerous weeks upcoming in which you don't have one of these big heavy hitters, right? And yeah, you, you just have to hope you. Ha- it, it kind of sucks if you're if you're playing in a head to head league where you right. you really want to compete week to week. But I think most of us are playing the long game, and you just have to yeah. trust in the decisions that you made for the long play yeah yeah i agree and i i just don't think i mean okay if you don't have three of these five like 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 brendan like i think you're in the situation right now you, you really want to get you want to get to three of these you have yeah two i do two so out of the five yeah. just, so if you don't just have, Sala and sterling yep yeah so it's like you, you the goal is to get to three and then yeah and i think that's it and you just have to ride it out and like they're all gonna get wrote i mean you could try to do like you could try to shuffle them in and out uh, each game week. And it sounds like so like, like it feels like a recipe for disaster to like bring someone in for one week and then you're going to drop and you're going to bring in someone else the next week. And especially because we're comparing midfielders and forwards here, like you can't, it's, you know, we're talking about two transfers in some of these cases, you know? So I I don't know. It just doesn't really work. I don't think. And also like, you know, you're obviously going to lose any price, like any value that you built up in these players as well. So yeah. And then Aguero, I think, you know, AJ asked if, the you know Vaguera persists in the false nine. Does he become more valuable? Hazard. Um, oh, excuse me. Sorry. Of course. Yeah. If, if Hazard um, persists in the false nine, is he more valuable? I mean, it's kind of the funny thing is, of course, that he didn't even like he didn't score a goal, right? I mean, you know, he got one assist on one <laughs> assist know, on a corner a, kick, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't Don't actually we see talk this the, every season with Hazard. Yeah, he gets he yeah. he gets one or two weeks at the false nine, and it never works. Yeah, yeah. Although I guess I guess it did work, uh, whether he liked it or not. There was an amazing TV moment near the end of the first half where um, you know it, <laughs> uh, Chelsea are attacking. I mean, Man City's defense did not look super hot in this game. So Chelsea are attacking, and suddenly Hazard gets into a great spot. He rolls the ball 
uh, cross the 18 yard box and the camera like hasn't quite caught up to what's going on. So there's this moment mm-hmm. where the ball is just, it's just rolling for like what feels like eight seconds. And you're like, is anyone going to get there or not? Like, is there, <laughs> is someone, is someone coming, you know? Yeah. Um, and then suddenly like Conte like bursts into the frame of and, all people and smashes the ball. I, I mean like, it smashes the ball. Like I, I, like, I feel like you see like if, that, if that's Andros Townsend, like that ball is still up in the air, right? Like that ball <laughs> never comes down, but he just, it's a like, Verizon satellite <laughs> just got to send out of orbit. But Conte smashes an unstoppable shot. It was such a beautiful moment. It was like, and this has nothing to do with fantasy, but just as a TV moment, it was so great. Um, and yeah. I mean, I just as like, a, I'm not like a fan of, Man City, Liverpool, or Chelsea, but just um, I want I want a title race, you know, and just like that sure. moment, you're like, okay, maybe it's maybe out. Chelsea can actually win this game, and then I was yeah. but it was just oh, it was so amazing. The second half, it was just incredible. yeah, yeah. I I think just to answer AJ's question, I think Hazard has as we've seen over the last month reverted back to his mercurial self, and for all these other options that are on play, I just yeah. don't think it's justifiable to focus an FPL team on Hazard right now, even if he is the focal point of Chelsea's attack. Yeah. You make, you make, you make the important distinction, Josh, that it did work for Chelsea as a team IRL, but it's not going to work for Hazard FPL wise. If they continue to play this formation, who knows what happens in January if they get, you know, how do you think of it? How do you feel about this rumor that Callum Wilson might move to Chelsea? That that seems a little far fetched. Yeah, I don't like taking any of that stuff seriously until it actually happens. You know, like also like Bournemouth, like they can just handle that. Like they can just like I mean, are they that Jermaine Defoe like, just waiting in the wings, man? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it depends. You know, he's probably gonna be out for the next twelve weeks with a hamstring injury, Brandon. So you know, who knows? All right. Speaking of uh, uh, not speaking of anything, but FPL Rich here is a question that is near and dear to my heart. Lacazette. Bought him last week for a hit, persevere, or immediately dump and cut my losses. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it's it's very cold, but I do believe that what we feared about my thinking in bringing Lacazette in was he was coming back from injury. He looked healthy like the week, uh, three week, three game weeks ago. He came mm-hmm. in as a sub and he looked healthy. Uh, and there was this great patch of form for Arsenal earlier in the season where both Aubameyang right. and Lacazette were playing. They were playing off of each other. And I thought, let's get the band back together. This is going to happen. This is a budget way into all these goals. Yeah. Our worst fear came true and that uh, Emery seems to have found a way around playing two up front or playing Aubameyang on the wing or he prefers Aubameyang in the middle at this point. So it's just, yeah, it's bad. I can't do... I could try to suffer another week of this, but it just it feels bad right now, and I I think I'm yeah. ready to burn four to get him out. It does. I mean, you hear Emery talking about how uh, Aubameyang can compete for the Golden Boot this year, and it it kind of feels like Aubameyang is uh, he's he's their Kane, right? Like for for better or worse, it's like he's the player that that they've decided like we, we can move him around, you know, like we'll put him up front, we'll put up, you know, we'll put him out wide, but like he is the player that we're going to play every single week. You know, I mean, obviously he, he yeah. did, he did come off the bench a couple of times too, but it does seem like he's really solidified a, a starting spot in that team. So here's yeah, the devil's think, advocate yeah. though. Lacazette is still good and he yes. is much better than say Lorente on Spurs. Mm-hmm. So right. if you say Aubameyang is Arsenal's Kane, he is Kane if there was a really decent striker just behind him. Um, 
I mean, yeah. Kane is Kane and he doesn't really get rotated. But where I'm going with this is this is what's pulling me toward Kane is we're heading into this crazy. I mean, we're in the middle of this crazy December holiday fixture mess in which we're going to yeah. see. We've already seen a ton of rotation. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I feel like we're, even if they don't play at the same time, Laka and Aubameyang, we're going to see a couple of points in which Lacazette outshines Aubameyang or even starts in place of Aubameyang. Right. And I'm finding myself gravitating toward the low risk, high reward option in Harry Kane. Sterling Salon Snod, dude. Do it. Do I want that I want that midfield for you. Uh, final question is from uh, Thorleaf uh, Oyen. Uh, he says, how screwed are us solace sellers now? Now, Brandon, let's spare a thought for for Tom Cantle, our friend, who uh, had Tom. a very, very rough game week. And I, the thing is, there were, I wouldn't have sold Salah. I mean, I would say I captained him this weekend. I wouldn't have sold him before the Bournemouth fixture. But, you know, moving Salah to Sterling in theory is a very smart long-term play, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's a very smart it's, – it's a play that certainly makes sense, right? It's not like a, um, an insane move to make. And I think that my feeling is you've already made the move. You know, um, they're probably going to score roughly the same number of points. Um, I wouldn't try to move him back, you know. Um, uh-huh. He's $1.4 million cheaper. So, you know, there's some more money to reinvest elsewhere. Um yeah. It's kind of like I feel like if you have one or the other, you just have to stick with them now, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you recently got rid of Salah, I don't know if it's going to be that hard to bring him back in because his price at $13 million is fixed. He's coming off of a hat trick in which he dominated the game week. And he's, according to fplstatistics.co.uk, he's nowhere close to his price going up. Like, no yeah. one, if, you, if you don't have him, you can't afford him. And if you have him, you're not selling him. But if you recently sold him, you can buy him back. It, it, it's it's <laughs> not like, you know what they say about uh, cars, like they diminish in value the moment you drive them off of the, the lot. That's right. not the case with Sala. Sala's still, you could take Sala back to the car dealership 10 years later. He's still worth exactly the same. So I feel <laughs> like, like Patrick Van Anhalt. Yeah, always the same yeah. price. <laughs> you can't, uh, you can still turn back time if you regret that decision. And if you have a feeling like um, you want him back, yeah, I, I, I think that this is moves like this can be key to your season where it, the 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 feeling that you have to just stick by that decision you made, even though there's a lingering feeling that it was the wrong decision. There's nothing mm-hmm. bad about admitting maybe you made a wrong decision and yep. you need to go back on that. Now, I mean, as you're saying with Tom, he sold Salah for Sterling. Well, you sold a great player for another great player. Um, so so you, just maybe, stay, you just stay, right? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You don't, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but I, I don't think I mean, the Salah seller is. Yeah, it, it is it, like I mean I don't want to repeat everything you just said, but yeah, it's an interesting position. Like basically, it feels good to have Salah, and if I didn't have him, I probably wouldn't bring him in. You know, yeah. <laughs> which is just a weird. It's a weird thing. You'd think it would have to be one or the other, but it's um yeah, it's interesting. Um, all right, Brandon. Uh, final question before we uh, take a break. Um, uh, Oshan Ghosh says, uh, "How much attention should I pay to price rises? Price rises at this time of the year. It feels like I'm getting bullied into making or considering changes that are non-essential." simply because there are players who look like they're going to be flat out unaffordable in a few weeks. Now, there was, Brandon, almost an amazing moment where 
Aubameyang rose more in one week than he scored in one week. Yeah. Uh, he had risen 0.5 and he was looking like he was going to be on four points for the game week until that late assist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a player rise? I mean, I know we had a midweek fixture, which allowed him to go up again, but uh, I can't remember ever seeing a player rise 0.5 in one week. I saw Ben Krellen posted on his Twitter feed that his team value within one week went up by 1.4 million. Just wow. Uh, truly insane uh, value. The market is crazy right now, Josh. It's very. Yeah. Is it is it a bullish market? If it's if it's going like this, I think it's bullish. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh-huh. So, and Aubameyang has risen again, actually. So he's gone from ten point nine to eleven point five in in eight days. Yeah, amazingly, I can emoji uh, for me. Please. I know it, it is, it's, but it's it's ridiculous, right? And so I guess the flip side here is that these players will fall as fast as they rise, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he'll get benched once and he'll drop point two or something like that, right? Yeah. Like it feels yeah. like it's it's so swingy that you can't really pay. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I guess I'll I'll ask you the question. I mean, do you are you um, making moves earlier? Has it changed your strategy at all? Like it does it does feel very volatile. Mm-hmm. I agree. I with uh, I was waiting out for news, more news on Martial, and I could see all these price changes happening. And I saw other players; uh, they were probably already out of my reach. But um, to see Kane and Aubameyang making those moves, and I was just waiting and watching Martial diminish in value. Yeah, uh, I wasn't able to play. It was frustrating. But that said, I had to wait. Um, as we're talking about all these players that you could bring in form and 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 on top of just fitness is going to be crucial and i don't want to make a rash decision when uh we've got all these fixtures coming up so i yeah i am erring on the side of caution right now take a look at your team value right now i i hope that a lot of us have some team value that has accrued and take heart in that what you're really yeah. playing team value for is when you play your late season wild card. That's when you're really going to need it. It's what not is your, all going to happen. What is your team value right now? What is yours at this moment? Oh, I think it's taken quite a few uh, hits on team value. Right, I'm at one point. I'm at one hundred and three point seven. I'm at one hundred three point five. So I mean, I don't even think that puts us in the top bracket of, of price changes i don't know yeah I, no if you if you yeah. go to the front page of the fpl site the top team value is 109.1 but the, these are all teams that they're just playing a complete separate game to us right it's just how do i get the highest team <laughs> yeah. value just making uh, you know burning zillions of points and transfers anyway <laughs> yeah for sure I, I i guess like I'm, I'm dancing around it but my answer to this is right now at this point i am playing a patience game Mm-hmm. It is frustrating that a guy like Aubameyang is getting farther and farther out of my reach, but that, that's just the way it is. I think there are yeah. other options out there. Yeah, I agree. You know, we had FPL General on a podcast last year, and we we talked about this, and he, you know, he basically said as much. It was just that he doesn't follow the price change. I feel like we've referenced a lot of people, by the way, in this, but this is a very reference-heavy podcast. Um, we've he, got a lot of said, friends, Josh. Got a lot of friends, Brandon. Uh, he said that he um, – just he doesn't pay too much attention to the price changes, and it just feels like if someone's out of his price, he just moves on to the next. You know, he's not. He, he doesn't try to target in too much on two players. Just you know, on one particular player. It's just who is the best player I can get for the funds available. You know, yeah. Sometimes you have to yeah. burn. You have to burn four to do it. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. All right, so uh, should we move on to the lightning round? Let's do it. 
Cash games, free games, mini league contests. These are all open and available to you via the Starting Eleven Live Premier League Fantasy app. Available for iOS or Android device. Josh, if I if I said download Starting Eleven now, are you downloading it for your iPhone or your Android? Who who are you? How do I, how do you identify? I'm going to do both. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to download it to play on my uh, you know for cash games on my iOS. But then I'm uh-huh. also going to download it on my burner Android uh, <laughs> so that I can play that way too. So I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to do it all, Brandon. I, I don't all know right. how many burner phones you have personally. I've got about four. Um, yeah. but all all five the, of my phones, the four burners and the regular one, all have starting eleven on it. I, I actually just came from a truck stop, so I have like a trunk full of like twenty five burner phones <laughs> right now. So we'll be joining all sorts of starting eleven uh, mini leagues. Yeah. So just to refresh your memory, if you're on iOS, cash games are live now in the UK, US. Canada and Germany. If you're on Android, you can play cash games live in uh, the UK or just pick up the app for your Android and play for free wherever you are. We love starting 11. We love the new mini league feature. This uh, app is so beautifully designed. It's a joy to set a new best 11 man squad every day in which there are two or more Premier League matches happening. There's no budget restrictions. The scoring is really fun. It's all positive. How many yeah, times did a shot a shot hit the crossbar this game week? <laughs> technically, <laughs> a that's a yeah. shot. Technically, that's a shot off target. But in starting eleven, your players accumulate points even for shots off target. So uh, it, it's rewarding any kind of attacking play. So yep. yeah, just go go to the App Store uh, for your Apple device or the Google Play Store and download starting 11 yep and uh, yeah exactly and if you want to learn anything more about it you just go to starting 11 that's starting 11.io it's a tutorial walks through the entire process explains mini leagues a uh, ton more and brandon uh as we've said many times before in the podcast don't waste your money gambling on things you don't understand you're listening to a fantasy really podcast gamble on fantasy sports it just makes sense All right, Brandon, we're back. We've got a lightning round of questions. As always, Brandon, every question gets a 30-second response or less. Sometimes it's one second, Brandon. Sometimes it is one single second. It's just me grunting. Just just you grunting approval or disapproval. First question from Adam P. He says, seriously this time, Terrera? Three attacking returns in three weeks. That's two goals and one assist. This guy is on fire. He and he is like quickly becoming the talisman of Arsenal. Like, <laughs> has there been yeah. a quicker rise to talismanic figure than Terrera do, at Arsenal? Do you, do you remember when you and I saw him uh, at the Arsenal Fulham game? Now, I, I like I am in love with Terrera. Like, he is mm-hmm. he is maybe my favorite player in the league already. I've been looking for someone to love since Santi Cazorla left. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I love Santi and. Uh, it's, you know, I'm happy that he's healthy and and playing again in the, in the, the Liga. <laughs> he has his health. <laughs> he's else. moved on. He's moved on. Thank you. Know, good for him. But uh-huh. Terrera is amazing. He's he's about four feet nine, and uh-huh. uh, he's, he's a small man. Weigh, yeah, he weighs about uh, about three stone. Uh, are thereabouts? Uh, I think that's like eighteen pounds in American. Uh, he's he's t- tiny little man. So when we saw him at the Fulham Arsenal game, you were like, you were actually scared for him. Remember, you were like, he's too small. To be, he's like, yeah, like going to get hurt out there. I was like his mom. I was like, Terrera, <laughs> my boy, you get out of there. You're going to get hurt. So we were talking before about how Sterling floats into space sometimes. I mean, he does kind of have an ability to do this. And I was I was talking to someone about this yesterday and I was like, well, like eventually you would think that, you know, the teams are going to learn how to mark him better. But I think he's so small that 
I think they just forget about him. He kind of like <laughs> slips in this. Like, how does he in that Huddersfield game? How does he? I mean, he he scored an unmarked overhead kick in the 88th yeah. minute. It was amazing. It was like, yeah. I mean, it was just beautiful. That was like that well, was to be. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if you'd already to, given up on FPL by then, but it was a beautiful moment. Uh, yeah, among other things, to to be fair though, he is a one of their deepest lying midfielders. Uh, he's developing a reputation for sort of crashing the boards, but these players, you see Conte doing the same thing against Man City, crashing sure. in, and the defenses are already trying to pick up a guy that they're marking, everything's moving so fast, and yeah, these guys, these defensive midfielders just come crashing in, and I think it's quite yeah. easy for them to speed past uh, um, yeah, Hoy- these big defenders. Hoiberg does this sometimes too, uh, maybe from a little further out, but you know, they kind of fill the space, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, and try to like unleash it. I mean, actually, you know, Torreira almost had a goal in the first half too. And amazing, you know, got like all the leather on the ball. Uh, I don't know if you saw yeah. that. It made a forced really good stop at a loss. All right. So um, we, we were at 25 seconds. So in the next five <laughs> seconds, could you answer Adam's question? Yeah. I wish he was cheaper. I wish he was like 4.6 or something at 5 million. It feels a little pricey for someone yeah. who's a defensive midfielder, probably going to pick up yellow cards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a price tag where you start looking for guys like Snodgrass who have set pieces. That's like a set piece merchant price tag. Yeah. Yeah. He was four, nine a couple of weeks ago and that felt a little more palatable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all you have to do with a look at his numbers for the season, you know, I mean, two, 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 you know, he had, he had, he had picked up two points in eight out of nine fixtures, you know, yep. it's not like this guy, you know, it's a nice run, but it's, I don't think it's going to last. Next question is from the dork Lord pod question is Fanderson. I am, I am anti, I think you agree with me. The yes. no, no portmanteaus of names. No, nope. not a fan, not a fan. Nope. So Felipe Anderson, a must, is he a must even potential captain against the terrible I take offense to this terrible Fulham defense uh, <laughs> and some Mild personal defense. advice uh, we'll, we'll get to your personal advice in a moment dork lord but uh, Felipe Anderson I think we both agree this guy's the real deal would you yeah, captain him yeah. against Fulham if you had him um no probably not I have Kane yeah. though and he's you know got a great, yeah. there's a lot of good there's very captainable fixtures all over the place I mean you've got a um, you know, the Southampton fixture is very captable for Arsenal players. Obviously, yeah. the Everton, the Man City at home to Everton. Um, yeah, but I, it's annoying, actually. It's another example of the FPL game actually getting a pl- price right. Yeah. I thought that yeah. Anderson was was way too expensive coming into the season um, at $7 million, And now um, it looks like a possible bargain, right? I mean, it's got, yeah. you know, what, three, go- three goals and three goals and one assist in the last five. Um, probably going to be, you know, counted even more so. Yeah, with uh, I would with Arnie yeah. out. I would look at it this way, and that he's just shy of sixteen percent ownership. I think mm-hmm. he's his ownership is low enough where he's still a decent differential for you without the armband. Um, right. So that, that's also my, low my, enough. I was going to say he's also low enough ownership that you probably don't have to consider him essential. Right. Mm-hmm. If he, if his ownership is in that 40 percent range, then you're like, eh, maybe I've got to find a way to get this guy into my team. And what do you call a guy like that, Josh? You call him a differential. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, Brandon. Next question. Byron Bruce says, question for the pod. Those of us who've decided it's time to move up, Patricio, who is the best replacement, Fabianski, Foster, or an upgrade to Ederson or Allison? Um, are we done with Fabianski? Is that over? Um, 
Hard to say. Uh, only, what, only two clean sheets on the season for West Ham thus far? But, mm-hmm. I mean, we say it every week. West Ham's fixtures are endlessly delightful. <laughs> Fulham, Watford, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a luxury move to move Fabianski out. I think you'll... Uh, He's talking about moving Fabianski some... in. Oh, moving him in? Yeah. Patricio out, Fab in. Oh, well, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I I think I'm on... Hmm. Well, I would say the same thing about Patricio. Patricio's um, fixtures are not nearly as good with Liverpool and Spurs in the next four. Right. Yeah, but West Ham was... Uh, I just feel like we're, like we're like dancing around the problem here, which is that West Ham's defense is not good. It is not a good defense. Yeah. It isn't. And they play a 40-year-old Pablo Zabaleta way too much. It's just they're not good. I've had Fabianski. I've played him for a bunch of matches. I lucked into a into a penalty save a couple couple game weeks ago. But their fixtures are fine. I'm probably going to keep starting him a lot of these matches. But their defense is not good. Don't bring in any of their defenders. Like, let's just end it right there. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you don't already have West Ham, then maybe don't get involved point and which the larger point is these are all luxury moves just stick with patricio it's not going to get any better unless you upgrade to allison is the one that i would say is is the best looking goalkeeper pick thinking looking at liverpool i don't know that i want any other attacking asset other than Salah, which leaves me two slots for defensive assets with liverpool one of the best defenses in the league so you go trent you go rabo and Allison, I like that move. If you really feel bad about Patricio, I feel like you have to upgrade. Otherwise, you're just going to go be disappointed on some other team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I like the Allison move as well. Actually, I think that's uh, Ederson too. Either one, really. I think Allison's a little cheaper, so maybe maybe that that's like the tiebreaker. Uh, Adam P says, um, "Are Man Man United's attackers thinking of Rashford given his price a valid option?" Now, you and I actually talked about Rashford um, on Friday night. We were watching uh, Nicolas Cage's Mandy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was basically like, I kind of want to bring him in, but I don't have the guts because my, like, transfer confidence is off right now. Uh Um, And I think this is, again, another example of of being too results-oriented, though. Like, yeah, I see one one point from Jimenez, 14 points from, from Rashford. I mean, just because a player scores more points doesn't mean you made the wrong transfer. You know, I think that sometimes um, I don't know. I mean, like if Jimenez plays that entire match, maybe he gets close to matching him. And, you know, what was most important is that Jimenez is, you know, 0.8 cheaper than than um, than Rashford and, you know, a million cheaper than Callum Wilson. And that million is going to allow me to possibly move David Silva to Sané this week, which I might need to do if if, um, you know, if Silva's out. So, um, you know, I don't know. I think. um how do I start talking about myself? I don't know. Anyway, uh, do I? Sorry, do I think that Man United's players are worth owning? Answer the question, uh, Joshua. Yeah, I, not really. No, I mean, no, they're, they're not. Play, they're, Rashford they're played better. against. To go back to Dor- the Dork Lord, mm-hmm. he refers to Fulham's defense as, uh, and I repeat, terrible. I would agree <laughs> with you, Dork Lord. You did get it right. Um, the goal that Rashford scored at the end of that match was ludicrous. I mean, Rico mm-hmm. is one of the worst goalkeepers this league has seen since Brad Guzan was starting for Aston Villa. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Rashford, uh, if you had him for the full match, uh, good for you. Fantastic. I don't mm-hmm. see it happening again anytime soon. 
Okay. Yeah. And the Marshall thing, I guess I just have to see where his health is. I mean, you still get value at 7.5 million, but yeah. uh, the problem there too is that forward line. It's like, what's going on? I mean, Lukaku is not going to continue it. I guess he has actually started three of the last four, hasn't he? I don't know. Did it's you like, see this headline that so uh, Lukaku, Lukaku says he has to drop all the muscle that he took on for the World Cup? So yeah. it was like he was training like like Sylvester Stallone for Copland. He's like, I've got to just put on an extra weight for the Christmas World Cup. Later, yeah, Rocky Four, like Christmas Day. He's like up in the mountains. Like, so, I mean, what? Like the season ends in May. The World Cup's like a month and a half later. Like how much muscle can you put on in six weeks? It's not like. Is he eating, like eating creatine or something? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> all right, it's like in uh, mean, mean Girls, where she eats the. They keep telling her they're protein bars, but they they're just high in <laughs> calories. All right, so we've slagged off Fulham, Man United, and West Ham already. Who's in this next? Section. Let's yeah, move on next? to uh, Matthew Hall. Says, uh, given the fixture, should Richarlison owners swap him to Anderson? Should I grip those Anderson questions together? What do you think, Brandon? Richarlison uh, to Anderson? No, Everton's upcoming fixtures are City and then Spurs. So uh, Richarlison looks good. That's what he's asking. Yeah, like would you swap uh, Richarlison Anderson? Uh, no, I I don't think I would. I would just I would just wait it out. I mean, yeah, the fixtures aren't they're not great, but I mean, only one of them is away. They're home to Spurs, and then and there's this amazing run, right? I mean, basically after they play Spurs at home in game week eighteen, they don't have a bad fixture until game week twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, they, like, I mean, they. They have until almost the end of February before they have a bad bad game. I don't know. I'll I'll just take the other side, and I think that that's an interesting hokey cokey move to do two weeks mm-hmm. with Philippe Anderson. If you have no other fires to put out on your team, I I like that calculated risk. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I guess I, I, I don't know that, that. Richarlison's going to mo- shift in value unless he does something amazing in the next two fixtures. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't hate it, but it, it does seem risky. And yeah, especially because for Charles's ownership, uh, his ownership and his price is going to keep rising and rising. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe the same is true of Philip Anderson. Uh, Gabran Chata says, if you have a six to seven million striker who is hurt, as many of them are, and with no obvious replacement in the same bracket, do you move to Ronda and Jimenez Ings or just move down to a 4.5 million bench guy, possibly Kamara, and pump the funds elsewhere? Kamara on pens, the- Brandon. <laughs> Uh, yeah that was weird yeah we see it was weird but there was nobody good <laughs> on the pitch for F- fulham uh to take a pen <laughs> yeah. no Kearney, no uh no uh mitrovic sure kamara have fun um yeah i think we say it time and again with guys like kamara and success these are guys that it's you're gonna have to wait until you your next wild card to get them out of your team because once mm-hmm. you start, you you just hem these guys in, and you can't get them out because you you build around yep. four point five, and there's no way to get them out. Um, so no, I'd say Jimenez looks like astounding value still, and the Wolves still, seem like they're picking yeah. up some momentum here. He had a nice tidy little rest. Yeah, Jimenez just got rested. It's it's like a kind of up and down run for for Wolves, but. Um, I do kind of feel like this Wolves attack, and they can score on anybody. I don't really. I mean, they've already scored on what they've, they've, they've yeah, they scored at home to to Man City earlier this season. I scored like two scored, on Spurs. Yeah, scored against Man United. Um, so you know, I think it's a you know, I, I yeah, I think that Jimenez is he's borderline fixture, but partially because he's he's not that expensive. You know, I mean, so yeah. you can kind of mm-hmm. you know, if, if you get if you get a two pointer from Jimenez, it's not going to ruin your day because you're never captaining him. You know, so. Um, all right, so we agree on Jimenez. Um, Siddharth Awati says, um, what would you tell people who have Frazier 
excuse me, Fraser uh, to do with Wilson? What do you what do you tell the Fraser folks, Brandon? Um, okay, so the assumption here is you have both Fraser and well, I, I regardless of who else you have, if you have Fraser, you hold on to this guy. He's a, um incredible value. Born with yeah, and a weird yeah. team, but they're a really attacking team, and Fraser continues to put out attacking points. Yeah, if I um yeah, I actually would consider um if if Silva is is healthy for this weekend, um I might consider just staying with David, with David Silva and, and, and moving one of my underperforming <laughs> midfielders mm-hmm. over, I've got this weird, you know, I've got this kind of he- over, I've got, I've got, a, I've got an old fashioned lineup right now with the, with the, with the big heavy hitters up front and Kane yeah. and Aubameyang. So I kind of need a cheap third or fourth. I mean, I actually think I probably only feel like I really need three midfielders because I love my defense right now. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to play, I want to play four at the back a lot of the time. So, but I, I do need a third defender who can actually get me some points. And I, with Brooks and Kennedy, it's just like it's a little too those two those picks like they're 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 too trendy. Like they're not they're not really like consistent. I I, I need Decore level value, you know, poor Decore, <laughs> who like never no one ever talks about right. He just keeps like racking up goals and assists, and nobody yep. ever talks about him. Yep. But I, I yeah I need like someone who I can count on a little more, and I think I have to go up into that six million bracket to. To do it. So um, that's that's like a topic for a different podcast, though. Uh, all right, Brandon. Mark Perez. A couple more questions here. Mark Perez says, um, are you ready to stomach your pride? Speaking of alternative options, Brandon, mm-hmm. are you ready to stomach your pride, forgive, and welcome back Diogo Jota? No Jota for me. Uh, I'm not on board with Jota. We remember. Uh, uh-huh. I, we have we have monuments built to the, the fallen kingdom of jota from earlier this mm-hmm. season sure uh, one, one little game week all is not forgiven and like we were just saying Jimenez, you don't need to overload on wolves attack there are, there are two guys that you need from this team if you want to go that far and that's Jimenez and doherty right so, uh, I, I can't talk about wolves players beyond that i'm glad that he's finally performing i mean it's nice to see a player in that bracket i i wouldn't i would consider him for sure. I, I don't think that he's like um, – like I wouldn't reject him out of turn necessarily. But I – yeah, I, I mean I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not like – you know, I'm not going to burn four to bring him in or like that. But I, I think that he just – it's like he had to like find his feet a little bit in the league or something, you know. And um, I don't know. Maybe he's finally done it. Or maybe it's just a little a blip and that's, that's going to be all it is. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's a wait and see on him, right? Yes, it, uh, it is a wait and see. I guess two and two, you you have to put them on the watch list, but that's as far as he gets. All right, two final questions here, Brian. They're both Christmas-related. Espen Larson says, which player would you like to give you a Christmas gift? Hmm. I have two answers for this question. Okay. Uh, and they're both ends of the spectrum. The okay. first is uh, uh, Ingola Conte. Because mm. I understand that he's quite frugal with his money. He, like, drives a smart mm. car around. But he's also mm. a team player. So I feel like a guy who's a team player, he's thinking about other people and means he probably mm. gives good gifts and he's got a lot of money laying around to spend it on. The other end okay. of the spectrum, though, is Paul Pogba. This guy is just flashy. <laughs> and uh-huh. if anyone's going to give me a Lamborghini for Christmas, it's probably going to be Pogba. So, so I wow. have to choose between those two. This is amazing. I feel like I have I had the same answer for this question and the next question, uh, and it's it's Juan Mata. 
Uh, I just, I just your answer like to a, every question. It's my answer to every question. I just feel like he's. I guess I kind of want to like if I could be any player in the Premier League, I'd probably pick him. I just feel like he's like a he's about my height. You know, he like uh, seems pretty fashionable i feel like he would get me like a like a smart jacket or something a smart jacket or you could wear yeah. his jacket if you guys are the same size yeah i think he'd get me like a tech coat you know like a cool like, like <laughs> uh-huh. a winter coat that like like, so. like like maybe like a rain jacket or something a cool tech jacket i like it now the yeah. the next the next christmas related question comes from lyle axelaris which premier mm-hmm. league player makes the best eggnog mm-hmm so uh, yeah, again, you know, Mata seems like a guy who'd be handy in the kitchen, but I don't want—I don't want to keep picking Juan Mata for every single question. Yeah, am I in love with Juan Mata? Sure, sure I am. But let's, this is let's some move single, on. We, single white female stuff here, Jeff. <laughs> so, uh, like, I need to think about this one for a second. You, you, you answer first. Okay, which, which uh, to me, makes the best to me, that? the answer is obvious here. Who drinks port? Who drinks port out of a LucasAid bottle? It's Jamie Vardy. Mm-hmm. This guy knows how to get down. He knows how to drink. Uh, so I want to go to a party, yeah. and if I see uh, Jamie Vardy at a party mixing up mm-hmm. uh, something in, in a big punch bowl, uh, I yeah. know it's going to be good. So that's my answer. I like that. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to go with Sam Allardyce, a, a guy who I feel like would really spike the eggnog and, and really go for it. And uh, he seems like a fun guy. Like. A holiday party with didn't he famously cancel the holiday party for West Ham like two years ago? So uh, he's got a lot of party energy stored up. I assume he's he's ready for a big blowout. It's been a long time. Josh says I was able to have a Christmas party. So uh, here, have a pint of eggnog. That's God. You. It's like how long did you live in England for? I mean, that accent is unbelievable. It's, it's like it's like I feel like, it's like a, I'm in like a My Fair Lady or something. It's incredible. There you like go. It's, yeah. You do yeah. Uh, Gay Week 17. Brandon uh, kicks off. Man City Neverton play um, the early fixture. Are you planning to captain Raheem Sterling? Uh, I am not. Um, I think the despite what happened with Mo Salah in game week 16, I still have a problem captaining the first fixture. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're given pause because Raheem Sterling, even though it's just one game week, he's out of form. Maybe let's see what happens midweek in the Champions League. But I don't want to captain a guy in the first fixture who blanked uh, in in abysmal fashion against Chelsea. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm surprised. I feel like if I had him, he would be the player that I would, I would captain this game week. Um, Why you, you, you really think that lowly of the Everton defense? Well, I mean, I don't think they're great. Um, they're, the defense is great, but I also just feel like man city are like scoring five or six at home against everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're just like, you know, they're just so good at home. So, um, you know, he's, he seems very likely to start, um, even if he starts in the Champions League tomorrow. I think he's likely to start this weekend. Um, I mean, if I bring in Leroy Sané, I would, I would, I mean, I'm probably going to captain Kane this weekend, but I would, I might vice captain Sané if I had him. Um, I guess it's always risky to vice captain a Man City player, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just always, you know, <laughs> um, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I need to have somebody in this match is kind of my feeling. Yeah. Um, I, and, I, I, yeah. yeah, I just see two much better fixtures to captain, even though Arsenal are away on Sunday, they play Southampton mm-hmm. and Spurs yeah. at home to Burnley. 
So I would zero in on those two. Everton are just a little too much of an enigma for me to know um, how to play against them FPL-wise. They have played the top teams pretty well. I mean, they did keep uh, Chelsea scoreless. Um, yeah, you know, nearly a scoreless draw reach. against Liverpool at Anfield. That is true. It's interesting. Yeah, that I wonder if they just really open it up more against smaller. T- I don't know. It's it's interesting that they could they could keep Liverpool and Man City scoreless for 179 minutes and and I don't know. Yeah, that is weird. Um, I mean, I mean, I just don't have a, like a firm read on this defense. I mean, I really like Lucas Dean because yeah. he's he's on. He's done a lot of set pieces and free kicks, and you know it's you always want that second way that you can get points. I mean, I mean Matt, uh-huh. Matt Matt Doherty is the best example of this, right? Where this guy sure. is just like you basically have him for goals at this point, yeah. You know, and like a yeah. clean sheet is just like a fun bonus that you occasionally the get, Irish Marcus you know? Alonso, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's reaching like never bench territory, right? Like where you yeah. just oh without you a just doubt. start him every without single a doubt. week. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying if you have Man City attackers, you have to sell them bef- before they come up against no, the juggernaut that is Everton. I'm not so. taking it that way. I mean, I, I yeah. hear what you're saying. Like, there's yeah. just con- concern about form. Maybe he was he was rested, and then he blanked, and he didn't look that good in the Chelsea match either. Yeah. But I've got a, I've got a couple defensive questions for you. Looking at these matches, so Palace defense mm-hmm. hosting Leicester. Juan Bissaka, you were pointing out just like a, a cascade of uh, one pointers. Uh, I, I would yeah. consider starting him against Leicester, a Jamie Vardyless Leicester. Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably am going to start him, but I mean, how can you feel good about it right now? <laughs> they they did just they yeah they kept a clean sheet at home to Burnley a couple weekends ago. It's not like they can't do it. Um, yeah, so I think um, yeah, I, I probably will start him. I'm, I, I, my current formation, I've got four. My bus team, Brandon, has four at the back right now. In, indeed, um, I've got. Yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 see. I guess I just um, had one defensive yeah. question for you, and that was it. Asked okay. and answered. <laughs> okay. Um, so other, uh, yeah, other fixtures. It's kind of a interesting. You've got some like a lot of mid-table clashes during the during yeah. the dance center. We got Palace, Leicester, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Fulham, West Ham. I've I'm gonna have to ride with my Mitrovic pick, and uh, I don't know. He's got to make it happen at home at the cottage against West Ham as terrible as their defense is, as you mentioned, Josh. So mm-hmm. this will be a fun one for me to pit Mitrovic against Belbuena in my back line. And uh, hopeful I win either way. God forbid Kamara ends up scoring a penalty to have a clean sheet wipeout <laughs> and Mitrovic does nothing. A real possibility, I suppose. Um, but yeah, but I um, I like this as like a two three victory for one of these teams and a terrible clean sheet wipeouts all over the place. I know. I'm really. I have a big debate right now between um, between uh, whether I want to do that Patricio at home to to Bournemouth or um, or. Fabianski away to full moon. I know I was just talking about the uh, how bad the, the the West Ham defense is, but the Wolves defense is like almost as bad. Like you <laughs> yeah. know, and Bournemouth always score. Bournemouth like almost never go, get get you know get caught scoreless. Yep. I, I know it just it just happened in the Leicester match, but I mean they didn't have Kellen. I guess if Kellen Wilson's still out, I would probably play Patricio. If if Wilson plays, I'll probably go with uh, with Fabianski. Yeah, I I think that's smart. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Uh, yeah, Arsenal Southampton on, on Sunday. Yeah. I think that's a key match for a lot of fantasy managers. 
it'll be it'll probably be Kane Cap versus Aubameyang Cap this week, and uh, whoever wins out there is probably going to have a the the big game week is going to have the big rank rise. Yeah, I still think you're. I think you're underestimating people are going to know captain a Man City player. I do think that Raheem Sterling's going to be in one of the most captain, if not the most captain player this game week. I mean, his ownership level might not be high enough for that to happen. But um, what about Liverpool at home to Man United? Would you consider captaining Salah for that match? I mean, yeah, I mean, Man United's defense is pretty crap right now, and Salah, if he's going to maintain this form, he could do it. So I like that as a right. left field captain pick. Here's a question for you, Brandon. Uh, this is like a very my team specific question, but Arsenal, as you may or may not know, uh, don't have any center backs for this coming weekend. <laughs> it is like this the the most bizarre thing where they both players got yellow card accumulations in the same match, um, mm-hmm. so neither one of them can play. Oh, I mean that is uh, so Mustafi and Mustafi and Socrates both can't play uh, next weekend, and Rob Holding is out. So. I honestly don't know who's going to – and Koscielny, I don't think wheel, is healthy enough to play I was it. just going to say murder ball style. They could wheel Koscielny out in a wheelchair and he could just sort of um, you know, I mean, so play that they way. have like Licksteiner, uh, Monreal maybe plays as a center back. So I have um, Hoiberg in my team right now. It is kind of tempting to start Hoiberg in this, in this, this game week. Yeah. Like – if he's ever going to score, it's going to be against a team that has no center backs, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he might just be the first player on my bench, but it's it's kind of tempting just to just to play him. How do you just, play this? Ta- see what happens. My, my bigger question is how do the how does Arsenal play this attacking wise? Because you you would think if they don't want their defense to be challenged because they don't have one, they need to maintain possession of the ball for virtually the right. entire match. So does Emery go really big in the midfield to try and control the tempo and the possession? And then Lacazette misses out again. Do you take – this all comes back to Lacazette. Do you take Ozil out of mothballs maybe? Like do you uh, dust him off and see if he can still – Did you you see the conspiracy theory that he has all this back pain because he plays too many video games? (laughs) <laughs> no, that sounds like the kind of thing of like so that somebody just hates Ozil, right? It's just saying that. That's, yeah. <laughs> or hates hates video games. Uh, it's it's ruining the game. Has changed, Josh. But but I mean, if, yeah. So I mean, it's I, I, mean, I guess we're getting far away from fantasy now. But like, if they don't have any center backs and Ramsey and Ozil are both out because they both those guys both have knocks right now, then it's like I don't. It's gonna be hard to even maintain. But I don't know. It's just like but the, the, they're playing the perfect team. If you're ever gonna play a team with yeah. no center backs. You know, play Southampton. I mean, they don't have like any <laughs> forwards or midfielders. It's like every single like I, I like never watch Southampton matches because I kind of hate. I, I like Southampton as a club, but their team right now is just so boring and dreadful. Yeah, it's, yeah. But like every time I watch highlights, Nathan Redmond almost scores a great goal. Like, does anybody <laughs> almost score more great goals than Nathan Redmond? The guy is like hitting the crossbar. He's like just like it's like inches away from the post. I mean. He is like he's like just like inches away from having like eight goals this year, and it's like instead I think he has none or like one or something like that. If you he has go none, to, he has no goals and no assists. This so season. somebody isolated this on the Reddit FPL page, where it's just like incredible. You look down minutes played. Redmond has played virtually every single minute of the season yeah, so Bra- far. Brandon Nathan Redmond has no goals and no assists in the season, and he is the top scoring midfielder for Southampton. <laughs> 
Whoa, baby. Whoa, baby. Yeah. Well, is this is, I am really psyched for this Southampton Arsenal match. It's going to be a weird one. It is going to be a <laughs> weird is. one. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, that, that's it. Uh, once again, uh, if you uh, if you want to support the podcast during our pledge month, we promise we won't do this on every single podcast. Uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. It's a lot of fun benefits that come along with uh, supporting the podcast as well, which you can see on that page. Uh, you can also buy mugs and sweatshirts and all that kind of stuff at the always cheating shop. That's just always cheating.com slash shop. Uh, Brandon, we have a lot of producers to thank this week. Indeed, we do. Special thanks to our producers. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey. Stephen Toomey is just crushing it with the two cheaters yeah. ale. He just finished I bottling our, yeah. our special made beer this weekend. We should have thrown that to at the top of the podcast. Yeah, that was, yeah, that well, was awesome. Well, shout out to you, Stephen. Your gold star to you. Sam Streak, also in the producer circle. Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Raphael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin. Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, and welcome to the club, the Big Gaffer. Subscribe to Always Cheating on Spotify. Yes, you heard me right. We are available on Spotify or subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, anywhere that you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star review on iTunes. That's really cool. Where else can people find us, Josh? You can follow us on Twitter, Brandon. That's at Hail Cheaters, H-A-L Cheaters. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Email us anytime, hailcheaters at gmail.com, or visit the website for all this information and more. That is alwayscheating.com. Always cheating. You can, oh, you can also follow us on Instagram, too. Um, I don't know what our handle is, though. I think it's like Instagram.com slash always cheating. Just Google us, you know, or whatever. Do the search function within Instagram. You'll sure. Search, func- search functions are around for a reason, guys. PSA. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, good luck this weekend. Um, I, I, I'm very anxious to see what your what your moves are. I think uh, I think a, a, a minus four is on the is on the. I love this. Josh Josh smells blood in the water. I've I love it. <laughs> I'm just inter- I'm genuinely interested. <laughs> I I take I take a profound interest in your team. It was not a. Uh, it was not a. Um, I wasn't trying to like psych. You always think I'm trying to psych you out. Anyway, Brandon, good luck this weekend. All right, Master Psych out. Poku forever. (laughs) Poku forever. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.